crocodile man, a witch woman, a guy that can send himself on fire? Are you blind? <laughs> and she's like, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are in line for a popcorn. Hey, third person in line. What kind of popcorn do you want? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna quit! I'm All right, quit. please tell my resignation! <laughs> Rowan, you're better than the boiler <laughs> things are than the way we Welcome to the JR Talk Show. I'm one of your hosts, Robert Burry, joined as always by Rowan Sears Floyd. Yo! And, oh, oh. he's not here. Uh, John is out sick this week, so uh, it'll just be me and Rowan hanging out with you guys tonight. It's going to be the Err Talk Show. Yes, it's just the Err Talk Show. There's no J this week. Um, as always, uh, we are going to be start doing Twitch live streams on Thursdays generally. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud at JR Talk Show, uh, Facebook.com slash JR Talk Show, um, and iTunes. So if you want to listen to it after the fact, or if you want to listen to it live, you can join us at Twitch.tv slash JR Talk Show. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the first piece of news I have is Tommy Wiseau says he intends to re-release the room in 3D. Of course. He <laughs> so this is from the AV Club, but it's basically Tommy Wiseau's Twitter. Uh, they were asking if he was going to release uh, like alternate versions or like a Blu-ray release, but he talked about, oh, I'm going to release it in 4K, 5.1, and 3D as well. I mean, this is just like par for the course. Totally. Like, it totally fits the Wiseau. Methodology I'm just gonna do it like, with everything. I'm gonna shoot it in HD and film at the same time, just because yep. I don't know the difference. So now it's like, might as well. I'm gonna release it in 3D. Yeah, I. It's obviously. I just. I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't think I would ever actually go and see this movie in like a you know to see it in th in theaters. But the scene of 3D version seems hilarious. It's just. What is what's that gonna what look they, like, like? How much is that gonna cost? Like, and like <laughs> half of the movie is like flat blocking anyway. Totally. It's like there's no depth in most of the shots in the film. It's gonna be those sex scenes in 3D. Oh yeah. no, just like why is that biased? Oh no. Uh so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh gosh. Um so next piece of news is some DC news, which you know is always always, always great. Uh DC announces another Superman prequel without Superman. Oh, cool. Uh, so up until now, sci-fi's Krypton seemed uh, like it would be the Superman equivalent of Fox's Gotham, which is to say that it's a show about a place commonly associated with a superhero, but set before that superhero first put on their cape uh, for its upcoming streaming service, though DC has decided to lean further into the Gotham mold with Metropolis, a show about the place where Superman lives and will be set before Superman lives there. Cool. Um, I mean... What are they doing? I don't... <laughs> It just keeps baffling me what DC will do with their shows and like movies and just taking like, hey, what's everyone loves Superman, right? What if we didn't do it about Superman, but it was set in Superman's world? Why would we do that? I don't know. <laughs> just that's how we trick him. That's how we get him in there. No, it's, that's not it, how this do you works. Do think that it has anything to do with rights about Superman's rights for TV? I don't think it has anything to do with that because it's DC. I don't, just, there's no like I don't think there's any rights issues. I think it's purely them wanting to save their superheroes for the movies, right? And not understanding that they can do both, right? And because they they've basically I mean cut they're already out, starting to do both, but they've you know? they've cut out any any superheroes in like the TV verse is not in the cinematic verse. Like they've cut those apart. Completely. Flash is in the TV verse. I guess that's the only crossover piece. Like. 
I feel like they're starting to. But they've 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 like they keep hinting at people like Wayne and right. I guess Jorah. Uh, Kal El is a little bit in I just, Supergirl, it's just, but it's just like they refuse to really put them at the forefront, right? And I, I mean, you could do your dark, gritty DC cinematic universe, whatever. Yeah, right. But you can also have those shows as well, and the shows are a little bit more on the like light side. Totally, yeah. I mean, Arrow started out pretty dark, but it's mellowed out. <laughs> it's gotten so cheesy. <laughs> God, it was started out so cool, and then it was like. I mean, at least the shows are still doing like, I mean, those ones at least are still kind of like adhering to the comic book like event thing. Like they have a crossover totally. episode. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Which is now like a four part crossover because right. they have the four shows now. It's awesome. Yeah, but it's just like, why are they doing these weird shows that don't even connect to the rest of their TV shows either? Like, is Metropolis going to connect no, with I don't, I, at least I don't think so. I think it's going to be like Gotham, where Gotham is completely separate. Because really, all weird. the CW shows are the only ones that have any crossover right now. With um, Then we have Gotham, which is on Fox, which has nothing to do with it. And then we'll have both um, Krypton and now uh, Metropolis, which is going to be... What was it on? I don't even think they have a a place for it yet weird that's so weird uh, i don't get it moving on to better superhero news do you Dude. see the ant-man and the wasp trailer i did it looks interesting yeah it's gonna be i'm i'm excited for this uh movie more than the first one because it doesn't have the kind of drama behind it with the whole edgar wright, wright. situation um because I was really looking forward to Edgar Wright being the director, and then he wasn't, and... That sort of put a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, and it was, like, obviously, when you, when you watched it, you're like, oh, I can see the parts that were Edgar Wright and see the parts that aren't. Right. Um, that it, was, it was very you know, distinctive. Yeah. His touch was there, but he wasn't. So it'd be cool to see um, a whole vision, and it looks kind of like what I want and what is ironic about it, it being a smaller film, like right. it not being this big thing. It's just them running away. Right. It's kind of a civil war esque thing. I mean, not civil war. Yeah. Yes. Civil yeah. War. It's like um, in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. Do you see the poster? Yeah. Poster's so good. It's dope. I love that poster. I, I'm really excited that they're leaning into his powers and the world around his powers mm -hmm. a lot more. And so it was really cool seeing what, how far that's going and what they can do with it. Um, I'm not sure. Does this one come out after infinity war before, before, so it will premiere before, or is it? No, it's after, sorry. So it's it, after it's in July. So it's in July. So it comes out after infinity war, but is it set before infinity war? I don't think they have necessarily said they actually probably have said, because that that's like the only thing that really stands out in my mind is they try pretty hard to keep the films chronologically in order when released. And it seemed odd to me to have a trailer already out where, you know, we, we see post-Infinity War, right? But I think it felt like it was mostly in reaction to Captain America's Civil War. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It's a basically... It doesn't look like they've said specifically i think they might be leaving it to and it might surprise. be an in-between it might be a before thing because right. obviously we have infinity war while it's called infinity war is still kind of a part one and part two right. they're just not called part one and part two um so that'll be interesting yeah for sure i'm i'm stoked for it i think that it'll be cool to see the those characters come to life yeah and really like be their own i think 
I think it'll be cool. Yeah, I think that, as you said, without having that drama, it's going to stand out a little bit more. And I also think that with it being a post-Civil War film, I think that's going to be really interesting because we haven't had a lot of films that are, are actually still on Earth because all we've had is Ragnarok, really. Yeah. And that obviously is <laughs> somewhere completely different. Guardians of the Galaxy and such. Yeah, yeah, please. It's things that take place completely outside of that. Um, the next article I've got is deep learning technology is now being used to put Nick Cage in every movie. Oh uh, so this is from the AV club. Um, so last month motherboard reported on a Redditor using a deep learning technology to map female celebrity faces onto pornographic performers with startling lifelike results by scanning a bunch of images, celebrities, faces, and software were able to be able to, uh, imagine what they look like, uh, in a bunch of different, you know, videos and stuff. But now people have started using this to put Nick Cage in a bunch of different movies, which if you go to the AV club, they have the article, they have a bunch of gifs. And yeah, it's just pretty funny. There's some great, cause there's uh one of the scenes is from justice league where it's Superman talking to Lois and you see Superman, like looking out into the, into the field, just like talking and he turns around and then it cuts to Lois Lane, but it's just Nick Cage. <laughs> And it's fantastic. It's super funny. And it was uh, funny because I was listening to a couple people talk about this week. And it's like, man, what? Like, some of them, like, stick out. But some yeah. of them are, like, really, really good. Yeah. Where it's like, what are they going to? They're going to start just being able to literally image actors' faces after the fact. Right. And put them on to stuff. And they won't even have to do, like, this weird CG. They'll literally be able to take, you know, actual footage and just reuse it. And we won't have as much of an issue, it seems like, with, like, the whole Uncanny Valley with... Yeah, I mean, there's some of those gifts are super uncanny, but I think that it's getting better. I also noticed that, like, they someone did a remapping of Carrie Fisher's face for the Rogue One, mm. and they just, like, showed how Rogue One did it, plus what this technology was able to do, and it was ridiculous, the difference in the results. Like, yeah. the, this technology was able to make it look almost lifelike, and it totally. was, you know, I mean, it's sort of, like, weird dystopian sci-fi in some regards especially how it's originally being used but about the porn pornography stuff that's like yeah there's some really questionable morals and yeah stuff yeah like, that. But like from purely an artistic and purely cinema standpoint i think that is going to be really interesting and also i think that i wonder how it's going to change the stunt community totally yeah that's a good point it can make it, and it, from what it seems like, from some of the articles I read, it's really like, you don't even, like, you just tell it what to do and you just let it do it. It's right. not even like a, you know, you know, placing someone's face on there and, it, no you know, save, or... save a bunch of money, potentially. Um, yeah, that'd be really interesting. I never thought about it from that perspective. Because I think just, like, at that point, then you'll be able to have your stunt fighters do a full scene. Totally, right? yeah. And then yeah, yeah. actors, and that Yeah, there wouldn't that. have to be stand-in stuff, yeah, because then they wouldn't have to be there for those days. Right. You'd save a ton of money there. And Except for, obviously, the people like, you know, Tom Cruise, who always want to be in there. Right. But, yeah. I mean, him... Well, yeah, exactly, but yeah, him for sure, yeah, because he's been, in the past couple movies, been injuring himself, and if right. he doesn't have to, and there's a way that makes it look good without it, you know, obviously, and still costing, you know, significant less, it'd be interesting. And then at one point, do you even, like, need certain actors anymore, too? You can just have them put their faces on stuff. Right. I mean, that that's a really weird, like, legal zone where, like, our yeah. actors going to now be able to have, the, like, their likeness in yeah. the future be, like, earning money for their families. Hmm. Like, is Nick Cage going to make money hmm. beyond the grave? I mean, if he would be, <laughs> if there would be a person, <laughs> Nick Cage would be the first one to do that and be <laughs> on it. Still releasing 100 movies a year after he's been dead. <laughs> uh, it's just interesting. It's super weird, but super cool. 
um, on to something completely different. Uh, Cloverfield 4 is a WW2 thriller called Overlord, and it's already done filming. What? Uh, so this is from <laughs> Slash Film. Uh, who could have predicted that 2008's handheld monster movie Cloverfield would spawn a franchise we'd still be talking about 10 years later? 2016's surprise sort of sequel, 10 Cloverfield Lane, provided our first look at the anthology-like nature of this loose franchise umbrella. And while we wait to see the trailer for God Particle, now possibly titled, titled Cloverfield Station, uh, we learn when and how we're actually going to see the movie. We have confirmation that Cloverfield 4 not only exists, but that it's already completed filming. Uh, the project is called Overlord, and you can read all about it below. Um, it just It's basically some soldiers on D-Day find this weird experiment. Right. And so it's like, what are they going to be doing with these? Because, like, obviously we only have two references right now right. they're really loose and we don't know necessarily what they have to do with each other mm -hmm. and with the space one it could be very much huh what if they shoot something into space in the world war ii one and that is the thing and then it comes back and that's what starts all the other ones mm. huh but it's, yeah. it's interesting setting up this weird like mythos after the fact right and i was listening to some people talk about it and they came up with the idea like do you think that the like so both overlord and what is now god particle could be worse movies off because they're trying to add this Cloverfield thing into it? Or do you think it can potentially make them better? Right. Or do you think there are, there are even concessions being made because they're doing it that way? That's hard to say. Like Because it's one of those things where, especially with 10 Cloverfield Lane, that movie got significantly more right. like uh, just reception by people going to watch it because of that 10 Cloverfield part of it. And it's interesting with these other two movies, like what would how were they originally written versus when they were told? Cause it seems like it's kind of these things after the fact that right. they're, cause especially cause it had a different name, God particle, but now it's called something station, right? Cloverfield station. It's, you know, it's hard to say. I think that that's so weird to think about it in that way. But I think that like, I'm going to guess that it's going to be useful for, for the films. I think that, there's still a weird air of mystery around the Cloverfield franchise, totally. which is super weird because, you know, like, why? Right. right. But that's the thing that. They well, and even the, even the first, like, yeah, the first movie was like, all right, whatever. Like, right. cause it just ends, you know? And then we get this, you know, eight years later, another movie that's like, but what does this have to do with the first one? Right. But yeah, just like you're saying, it builds this, tension and this like mystery around well what is cloverfield then right and i think that's i think honestly that's like the coolest part about it is it's building this weird cinematic universe where it doesn't make any sense yet right and it may never actually like connect and make sense but the idea that like it's kind of like how like the disney movies mm -hmm. how, or like the pixar movies where right. there's like those weird theories like it's all the same universe when it's like right. they probably had no intention of that they just like to put you know references to their other movies right. in there and so it's cool that this is kind of doing the same thing but it's in enough in a, in a it's in a genre where it doesn't take away from it but it adds to it right. which is really cool which could go against them and like there's all this build-up that it's going to mean something that you're going to have like connections and there's not going to be right. but i think definitely as far as the like the movies that they're adding this to are going to be way bigger because of this than they would before. It almost feels like they're trying to build a connected universe 
that's not a comic com connected universe as much as it's closer to like a Lovecraft connected universe where yeah you know like, similar legends kind like of things we have a mythology that we're yeah. building up but the stories really don't have to connect we just they all are thematically with strange strings attaching to each yeah. other and I I mean this one sounds super cool yeah, Overlord right. like. It yeah. reminds me, there's an awesome RPG out called Octon Cthulhu, which is like World War II with Cthulhu. Yeah. And this sounds like it's exactly that, and I'm stoked. Yeah, it seems pretty interesting. Uh, next article. Tom Hanks to play Mr. Rogers. Well, I'm just going to go cry now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from IGN. TriStar Pictures has announced the acquisition of the rights to You Are My Friend based on the real-life friendship between Fred Rogers and the award-winning journalist Tom Jun Janad? Janad. Janan, uh, with Tom Hanks signed to play the, wow, what is that word? Inidible? Inidible? I don't know. With him playing Mr. Rogers, uh, Diary of Teenage Girls, Mariel Heller will direct. Uh, it's, I thought this was really interesting. It's just like, huh. like, sure. Yeah. Like, if you're looking purely from a marketing standpoint of, like, who do you want to play Mr. Rogers? Tom Hanks is, like, number one. Right. Just based on, like, his career like his quality honestly like i'm not saying he yeah. would do a bad job it's just an interesting like it'll be interesting to see him be mr rogers yeah i mean at this point i trust tom hanks to do a lot of versatile roles totally. like he's also one of the weirder actors where like he's really good everyone knows his name but like there's just nothing on him between movies right yeah. like yeah. you don't hear about him in the social media yeah. sphere he's just like and then Tom Hanks is making another movie. And you're like, it's like oh. oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess he's still working, right? And so, like, Mr. Rogers, ah, uh, man, that's going to be, it's going to be a tearjerker, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to go right for it. And I think... The only person I would trust more than Tom Hanks? Gary. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, yeah. That would no, be great. No kidding. I would love, that would be so funny. <laughs> Just to see Gary Oldman. I just think... I'll be. I'm really curious to see the first screenshots to see what he looks like. What he looks like. Yeah, I have. From what I've seen, it just doesn't seem like Tom Hanks does the whole like makeup look alike right. style. Like just he will like, just be himself. You know, playing a character. Playing a character, yeah. which is like, it's such a weird combo. Like I, I find I struggle sometimes with him in some movies where it's like, oh, you are totally this character, right? And then sometimes it's like, oh, you're just being Tom Hanks. And I can't like, tell if it's, like, him not trying or if it's just, like, he's just too much himself sometimes. Yeah, that his persona and his voice and everything is just so knowable yeah. that we know that, oh, yeah, this is just Tom Hanks. Just totally. doing Tom Hanks whatever. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah. Um, next article is Damien Chazelle drama score drama scores straight to series order at Apple. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Damien Chazelle was the, uh, director of La La Land. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they have a straight to series order from Apple for, uh, just a series, which this like him wasn't necessarily a story, but like that Apple's ordering a straight to series show right. was really interesting to me. And I'm not sure. Is it going straight to Apple TV? Is that that's what they haven't said anything about yet? They've just um, it's the first time he's ever written for like a TV show, right. which is interesting. Um, and it looks like I guess they've ordered some other shows, but it doesn't say. I don't think it said. Yeah, it didn't say if it's like specifically coming to them. I would assume 
that it's coming to them in some sort of platform, whether it be, I mean, obviously it's going to be like on iTunes, but yeah, Apple TV and stuff like that. It's just interesting to like for Apple to now get into the game now too. Right. Just because we've been talking so much about Netflix, Hulu, all like the Disney. fights that have been happening between them, you know, DC starting their own thing, uh, Disney starting their own thing, and just like, is Apple going to have their own thing now too? Right. Which, which has always been the thing that people keep thinking they would do, but they never really stepped up. But now they have at least a couple shows in it and they're picking, you know. I feel like they've almost been forced to join the ring. Okay. You know, like I think that with the big build-up news of Disney starting its own streaming service that, like, the fate of streaming as we know it is, like, beginning to be forged right now. And if yeah. they didn't get in now, they'd be fighting an uphill battle, right? Now that yeah. Netflix is sort of, like... Yeah, now that there's more things hits, that are actually branching off. Like, I think that, like, they have to jump in now to get into this new world of television, essentially. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, next article, Redbox sues Disney claiming copyright misuse. So this is from Deadline. Redbox filed suit today against Disney's home entertainment group, claiming it uses hard-knuckle tactics to prevent movie rental kiosk service from renting or selling its DVDs. And most recently, the the halt of the digital sale downloads. Um, So this was... um, this whole thing. Uh, the kiosk service claims Disney is interfering with Redbox's relationships and the supplier's customers, making false claims that Redbox cannot resell digital copies of movies. Redbox argues Disney is trying to pop up the price uh, consumers pay and make it uh, a direct-to-buy offering. Hmm. Interesting. It's. I have. I have a hard time seeing a you know blank sues Disney and that ever coming out good for that person. Right. I mean, at the le- at the very least, I think Disney will settle. You know, like if if at the very least, like that's a problem that they could probably like wipe underneath the desk with a little bit of cash. But it's 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 interesting to me because it's Disney drawing a very big line in the sand right. of like. Because this is, because yeah, because this has always been, you know, you talk about it with like used video game sales, used sales of anything. Like if Disney's not getting money for that, or they feel like they can get more, they're gonna do it. Oh, of course, right. they're a company that's always gonna go after that. Look at Star Wars. If they feel they can get more money, they're gonna be releasing two <laughs> two movies a year kind of right. thing, or a movie exactly. every other year. And I think, you know, I think that this feels to me that it's like Redbox as a service sort of grasping at its last lifeline totally like i to be honest because if they lose disney they're they're doomed super doomed like i honestly think that if they lose disney they lose almost all of their yeah because because you imagine kids are there you know that all they're going to get are you know every once in a while the dreamworks stuff but it's mainly going to be the disney stuff that they want to get you've got all the marvel movies are going to be gone you've got the uh, star Star wars Wars movies are going to be gone and then any of the you know disney stuff that is for both kids and children kind of thing like the disney property now that disney's bought fox whatever you know they get from the yeah if they can if they get all the stuff you know uh in the past kind of thing and then they can just control everything like I can understand like why Disney will be able to put up those prices, but I can totally get why Redbox is like you are. Yeah, yeah. This this probably is a last ditch effort for them because without them, they probably realize 
that that's all they can do. Right. Because if they lose it, they're screwed. I'm not to say that I would miss Redbox, but that's such an interesting. Well, and they've been raising their prices over the past couple of years and stuff. Like it's obvious that there's it's not as good as it used to be. And I I would be, yeah, I hate Redbox, um, but I'm also just I I always didn't really like Hollywood Video and stuff too. Other than I used to love going to them because I was I'm always just terrible at returning stuff. Right. Even though it's literally like <laughs> a two minute drive, I'm like, ah, but I could just stay in my bed, you know? Like, so I'm always terrible at that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I just don't think that they're doing well, and I think that. But if anything, it shows the symptom of this monopoly that is occurring under Disney. Totally. Right. Yeah. Right. Like basically, if if they have the power to be like, you can't, you know, resell or rent our movies anymore, they could probably shut Redbox down. Right. Like them just being like, ah, no. And if they, and that's like kind of the thing with, you know, them pulling all of their stuff from, uh. Netflix when their service comes out because you still have because I watched uh, this week and we can talk about it in a minute but I watched a couple movies this week but I watched the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. which actually is not that bad it's not that bad um, like all that stuff's gonna be gone all the other like you know kids entertainment's gonna be gone like for a lot of kids you know and a lot of parents they're gonna be moving to that Disney thing if they just straight up pull everything mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they have some stuff that's exclusive versus not those kind of things will be interesting yeah. um but yeah, um, so that's the news for today. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about a couple things because I did see a couple movies this week that I wanted to talk yeah, about. Um, the two movies that I watched this week that I hadn't seen before, um, I watched Get Out mm -hmm. this week because it was on HBO and um, I wanted to give it a look because obviously with all the Oscar nominations and I also watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Get Out, I actually really, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. It um, told a very a very good thriller story that with a lot of turns that I wasn't expecting a couple that were like obvious that I knew were going to happen. Um, but that's just from, you know, knowing film and stuff like that. And that didn't ruin the movie at all for me. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I'm a little surprised it got as much Oscar. Um, like <sighs> visibility as it mm -hmm. did. Cause it's good. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot wrong with it, but it's really <laughs> like, it's, fine like as like a thriller like i'm just surprised with the best picture nomination like script sure like there's a lot of really good like exchanges that i've had with people just in conversations with like awkward conversations mm -hmm. and stuff like that i think that's kind of a funny cool thing that's been popping up a lot recently especially with a lot of like the mumblecore films where it's like you know not scripted dialogue but like real dialogue that comes across as real and it really puts you into that situation um, but I'm just kind of surprised cause it's like, well done, but it didn't stick out to me versus at least the other movies that I had seen on the best pot picture. Right. Well, I think that it's like, I still haven't seen it and it's on my list. Um, I missed it in theaters cause it came out right when I was super busy Yeah, and I decided, you know, I didn't want to watch it until I'd see it on the big screen, which was, you know, a mistake on my part. I know. Isn't that but, the worst when you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. Then it's like six months later. Oh no. no. Especially when there's like a couple movies that like, right. are most you know i think that it is important to remember the atmosphere in which that movie came out in, yeah right like yeah, yeah. with the uh, post-trump like coming yeah. into office black lives matter and a bunch of like talking about diversity in film and representation like this film comes out and it that is its thematic through line right? yeah it totally. takes the it takes the yeah. anxiety and there's some the people and makes it distills it into a horror film and there is something about people don't like you know movies and 
like you know actors and stuff to be political but there's very much politics in every movie right you watch so i guess from that point of view yeah i get it it's just interesting i'm always just i i guess it's one of those things where it's tough when expectations are set at a certain level when you think of best picture nomination right and there's obviously been a couple of nominations that were not great <laughs> like throughout the years but it was just interesting i was because you know i've seen dunkirk i've seen ladybird i've seen and obviously those might speak a little bit towards to me right uh just based on my background and stuff like that um and it's it's great it really is i was just kind of like i was honestly surprised at like the ending hmm. because it went away that i didn't expect it to go based on the genre that it's right in. um so it was cool uh the other movie that i watched this week was pirates of the caribbean i don't even remember which one it's called it's, uh dead men tell no tales. dead men tell no tales I was not expecting much. It was on Netflix. I was like, fine, I'll play it. I actually really enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite one since the first one. Since because first I like the second one the most. So it's since the second one. Oh, since so, so, like, so the second one, first one, then this one. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I would put favorite. it pretty up there. I was just, okay. I liked the, it's, it's too long. It's too long. There's a, a whole... Um, through line with the British soldiers doesn't need to be in the film. Right. And that would probably make it like perfect if that wasn't in there because just the time they spend on that would probably shorten it up enough. But like it was cool because whereas the last movie was, it was Stranger Tides, right? On Stranger Tides? Yes. Really felt like it was trying to forget the everything. First the first three. This really just like went all in on being a part of the same universe as the first three and really building a whole storyline about wrapping everything together. Right. Which was fantastic. I think some of the, like they didn't need to give every character someone to latch onto like Barbosa's. Right. That was kind of weird. It's like, whatever. But like seeing the origin of Jack, how he got his name, how he became captain, how he got the compass was really cool. And I thought that was just like cool background stuff. And also following uh, the main character, the kid is the son of William Turner. Um, following him around and him trying to save his dad from the Dutchman was kind of like a cool, like, yeah, we do want him back. Like, we kind of just forgot about him for a right. whole movie. Like, yeah, he's on the curse and that kind of sucks, right? right? Like, that's a bad thing, right? It's <laughs> not good to be the captain of the Dutchman. And then I thought, uh, uh, Antonio, what's his name? The the villain? Yeah. Uh, Antonio, oh, geez. It's not Antonio Banderas. No, it's not Banderas. That's what I was thinking, no. which is terrible. Um, um, he was awesome. Like, uh, his whole thing of like really just hating pirates and, um, him coming after it, but he basically became, you know, what he hated kind of thing, which was really right. cool. Um, I thought I didn't understand like how he was there in his backstory. It seemed a little like you're playing with rules that you never told us. And I guess I don't really need to understand. Right. But, um, they did a lot of cool stuff, and then the the main girl who was in it, like, her part was awesome. It was definitely they were trying to s stay away from the damsel in distress kind of thing. Right. Where she was really more in control than uh, um, Orlando Bloom's uh, son. And I thought they gave a fun little thing for him at the end. It was nice to see him, you know, have something happy happen to him. Right. Um, but I was really surprised, and I'm glad. I'm hoping that we get a last one, because apparently there's supposed to be a third one. Javier Bardem. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's supposed to be one more. They were supposed to shoot at the same time. What? What's crazy is this was done in 2015. They were done shooting with this movie in 2015, and it was just sitting for two years. 
lots of post-production and then there was a lot of weird stuff around it. I yeah. mean, like, cause they were originally going to shoot this one and then the next one at the same time, like they did two and three. Right. Um, which, you know, for good or for bad, who knows, but I'm, I'm excited for another one. Honestly, I think if a third one is coming out for the second set of movies, I would go see it in theaters. There was some definite ties that they set up in this one that they didn't, fully fledged out that i felt was like meant for another film especially like the sorceress that yeah the right soldiers were talking to it's yeah. like you're like okay but yeah because you... they build up this whole like you know the the main girl where she's just an astronomer they just keep calling her a witch because she knows all right. these things based on like math and astronomy but, but then there's like the but actual... then there's an actual witch right. that even barbosa goes to yeah and it's like and then she just disappears and you're like huh uh, uh, all right okay right <laughs> um so it'll be interesting to see how they develop that and what they do with that i think the biggest issues with the film i had was there was some pacing issues totally it, it, it definitely feels it reminds me of the second one or no it reminds me of the third one where it feels like two different movies are happening right and it's like oh yeah we're still watching this oh we've just did we just start over again because it has kind of like a hey we've got like a three act and then there we go then it starts over again but wait we finished that <laughs> one didn't we right when did we start another movie? And so it's like because it's like two and a half hours long or something yeah and i think they got a little lazy on the curses in this one <laughs> just everyone's got curses everyone's you know? got curses. everyone's someone's got some kind of curse you and know? it's just it's like one of those things where like they just sort of hoped you would just like accept the curse when i didn't under like <laughs> the thing that was weird too is they have this whole thing of like they're going for poseidon's trident like that's what they're trying to find which is cool and Great. it's like but what does it do the whole time you're like how are you gonna be able to save it? it's like oh if you destroy this it destroys curses why why right. is that what it why <laughs> Couldn't you, you, like, are all curses it's, created from that? Can we create more curses? Are there only a finite amount? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, me and John were talking about, like, we're just, like, a lot of the rules didn't make any sense of, like, why is Javier Bardem's character trapped there? Right. Like, is it tied to the compass? Because that's when he gets released. Like, right. and that may be obviously be things where that's why it was in, you know, post-production for two years. Um, yeah. But I really enjoyed it. Like, it was, it was it a was fun. fun. It, it, yeah, it brought back that fun. Yeah. Because three took itself way too seriously. Yeah. So did four. And this brought back the fun of the original one and then most of the second one. Yeah. And I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you have Netflix, because uh, it's just on there. Yeah, it's a good um, If you have HBO Go, you can watch Get Out on there. That's on there now. Um, but yeah, it was just fun. Like, it just brought back that fun of your first two movies. And I just was, yeah. I was really surprised. I wasn't expecting much from it. This week I saw uh, Shape of Water. Oh. And is it incredible? It's incredible. Oh man, I need to it's, go see it. I need to go see it's it. It's so good. Um I would call it a spiritual successor to Pan's Labyrinth. Cool. Um like cool. I would say that this is like It's Del not it's not um <laughs> Hellboy. No, 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 no. Uh Del Toro uh, I would say this is like Del Toro's fairy tale trilogy and I wouldn't be okay. surprised okay. if there's a third one coming because it hits on a lot of the same thematic ideas throughout okay. it but told in a different way. It's beautiful, well shot. Like, um, my girlfriend Suzanne was like sobbing halfway through the movie. Halfway um, through? Oh no. <laughs> um, like it's, it's a great film. It's gorgeous. And it takes itself in a way that you wouldn't be, you won't expect some of the twists in it. Okay. Like, cool, cool. Um, it's really good. I highly recommend it. And then I saw Paddington. The first oh yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. And I avoided Paddington at first. I'm not always the guy that goes sees, kids films and family films but you're a jerk and you think yeah. that they're only for kids and they're, they're not, not they're not they're not um, but 
you know, after Paddington 2 got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I decided you, to look you, you in. You were curious. Yeah. And, you know, Paddington has 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? And it deserves it. All right. It's okay. so right. good. Where did, it, where did you, how did you see it? Did you just uh, rent it? Uh, it was on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's, it eat, is eat a pitch-perfect kids film. Like, okay. family adventure. It gets it down right. The pacing's great. And Paddington is just adorable. It just is so scary looking to me. You, you, get, over you get over it? Fast, okay. Real okay. fast. Because that was always watching the trailers. I was like, it's just a little creepy looking. Just yeah. a little creepy looking. Like, just anthropomorphic and like really real looking. Yeah. You know, like when you have weird movies, like, you know, like yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's like, it was a cartoon in a room. Of, like, yeah, whatever. Okay, right. I get it. But like, yeah, it's like, man, this is. It, it gets past it. He is such a lovable character in this film that okay. you can get past it really well. So I highly recommend if you need a, a palate cleanser from the dark and gritty world, Paddington is a good from just the world. In <laughs> that's fair. That seems you know, just gotta, gotta have more of those. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Great. Um, as always, you can find us online in many different sources. Uh, each week we'll be live at twitch.tv slash JRR talk show. You can join us there, hang out with us, chat with us, uh, generally around late at night, 10 ish PM on Thursdays. Um, you can also get the JR news, which is what we just did. Um, every Monday, Sunday, I Sunday. post these on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And then every Thursday, <laughs> uh, you'll have the JRR talk show where we kind of sit down and have topics where we discuss, uh, whether it be movies, um, our next week's episode is actually going to be us talking about our senior films. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those of you who are interested, we will also post those on our Facebook page where you can find us at facebook.com slash JR Talk Show. Um, so have a good week, guys. Thanks, folks. And John is just dead. Yeah.